Hello, bonjour, hola, allo, g'day. This is The Sleep Mums and I've gone international as The Sleep Mums is now listened to in over 20 countries around the world. It's totally blowing my mind. I'm Kat Cuby, presenter, broadcaster and not-so-cunning linguist and this is Sarah Carpenter, baby and child expert and legend that speaks the language of sleep. Sarah, how does it feel to be big in Japan? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm loving it. I love a bit of sushi, so <laughs> if we can uh, engineer a holiday out there, then let's do it. <laughs> the world tour. Definitely. This week, we're talking about leaps and regressions. We get so many messages about these two things. We wanted to dedicate a whole episode to them. So often in your baby's first few years, you feel like you have this parenting thing down and then something comes along and you feel like you've gone right back to the beginning. I mean, I can't be the only one who's put their child down for a nap and then felt like they woke up in version 16.0 or something, that they'd leveled up in less time than it took for me to do a load of laundry. In this episode, we'll work out what leaps and regressions actually are, what you can do about them, and give you and your baby support to see you through. So Sarah, let's start with regressions. Uh, we've talked about these in our myth-busting episode, but I think we should try and clear these up once and for all. They're such a big part of that parenting sleep journey. I mean, amazingly, if you run a Google search on sleep regressions, you get something like 200 million hits. Like People definitely think they exist. But if you delve into the evidence-based literature on baby sleep, there's not actually that much to show that sleep regressions actually exist. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, regressions crop up at different times. I get inundated with people come to me saying, you know, the most common one is the four-month regression. So people will come say, my baby's in the middle of the four-month sleep regression. And the first thing that I'll say is, okay, let's look at your routine. Because actually, it doesn't need to be a regression. It's really a progression. So as babies' needs are changing, we need to meet those needs. And if the needs are being met, then babies progressing forward, getting what they need in their day and overnight, and they actually then don't experience the, the regression. But if you're in the middle of it, it's also something that we can help you get out the other side of with this episode. I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like the idea of a regression is a much better way to sell books or products that promise that you'll get through it if you buy this thing. But actually, you don't really need anything apart from information which hopefully we're going to give to you in this episode mm -hmm. but as a parent who has definitely felt like they go through them I think we should probably talk a bit about them because in some ways they're just words regression progression they are a thing in so much as they are milestones but I think what people get a bit confused about or get tied up in is that there isn't actually a specific timing when these things will happen as such is that right yeah so it's individual to each baby you know although roughly there are going to be milestones when babies needs are changing so like your four months your six months you know they're all quite common ones but your baby isn't going to turn four months and go through regression or progression you know it's not going to be that clean cut every baby is slightly different and babies needs change and actually if you can be one step ahead changing your schedule to meet the baby's needs that you might be putting that in place two or three weeks before 
baby actually hits that milestone. So it's it's not as clear as saying this is going to happen on this day. So the milestones do happen clearly, like babies leap up, like I said before, you know, it is like they kind of level up at certain times and it will be different. And that does quite often end up disrupting sleep. So you can kind of see why these things have been put in place, whether you're calling them regressions or progressions, because they do often make you feel like you're going back a step, particularly in terms of sleep. But so how how do you, I mean, we're going to come on and talk about it more, how to cope with them, but like, how, how do you kind of resolve that? Because I know you sort of feel a bit um, frustrated, I guess is a good word, about this chat about progressions, because you don't think it's that helpful for parents. No, I mean, I think it can, obviously... It's not unhelpful because it's good for parents to know that there's going to be changes. But I do feel like there's quite a negative spin on it at the moment. And it would be nice for parents to embrace the change and see it as a developmental milestone and not something to be scared of. And I think a lot of people just now get themselves into a bit of a pickle when they're approaching certain ages because they think... I don't want to get here because it's going to mean that everything goes out the window. So it's actually, for me, just, you know, it'd be nice to be able to put a positive spin on some of the negative stuff. So like rather than like getting tied up and calling them progressions or regressions, actually just simply calling them either milestones or changes is a much more positive thing. And I think that, and also I really think that those things continue on like not just in the first year you know you particularly when it comes to sleep or any any number of things like I notice it with my kids being a bit older that we go through phases where sleep is good and we go through phases where sleep is not so good and quite often it ties in I think when they're going through through changes or milestones themselves too definitely and that doesn't change and it doesn't change even as adults you know there's going to be times in our lives when we're going through changes and our sleep suffers for it as well. So, you know, it, it really does never end. My milestone would quite like to be like sleeping eight hours. Can we make that happen? <laughs> when am I going to reach that limit? Or maybe maybe it's how many coffees I can drink in a day. That's a milestone, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so next, let's talk about leaps. So leaps are this idea that was popularized by a book and an app called The Wonder Weeks. It's this idea that there's an exact timeline of the various leaps that your baby will go through during the first 20 months of their life. I used it with my daughter and I did find it helpful, if not completely accurate. Um, Some people totally swear by it, but honestly, again, a bit like regressions, the research is a bit shady, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's... Sort of not really been enough research into it to be able to confirm that this is definitely something. It's not really evidence based at the moment. You know, changes do, as we've said, changes obviously do happen, but it's not at a predetermined time for every baby because, of course, every single baby is different. You know, even within a family, even within twins, you know, there's differences. So you can't strictly say that this is going to happen on this day. And for a lot of people, you know, as helpful as it can be, it can also cause anxiety when people are then seeing that the... Sorry. Sorry. I see. One's a wish. Number one podcast. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, 
um, you know, people can become quite anxious when they're seeing that this leap is approaching, then they, they do become quite anxious about what's going to happen during the leap. So it has positives and negatives attached to it. Because they can, they have the, this kind of idea of a cloud, which is like you're going to have a grumpy baby for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And these leaps, the, the grumpiness looks like it it lasts for longer and longer as you go through that first year, which can be like quite daunting as a parent when you look at it and you're like, pretty sure that looks like most of my year is under a cloud, which is maybe not the way you want to approach the first year. But I mean, of course, like babies go through massive changes in that first year and beyond. Like that's what we're saying. We're talking about these milestones. And yeah, so they've kind of taken this idea, I guess, of milestones and then developed upon it. But if if we weren't wanting to go really scientific about it, the, the study that they did in the in the beginning was really small, which is why people are like, well, that was a really small number of people that you actually looked at. So it can be useful for some parents, I think, as it was a wee bit to me as a first time parent who had no idea about the kind of seismic shifts of those changes on milestones as you go through that first year. And also, I was actually thinking about this the other day. You know, obviously, when you go through pregnancy, you kind of have this app or you have multiple apps or you have books or whatever that tell you, you know, what's happening. You know, your baby's the size of an avocado or, you know, those things. And I think you become a wee bit accustomed to having Mm -hmm. that much insight into what's happening. And clearly, lots through lots of pregnancies and births, there are spanners thrown in the works and it does not always go that smoothly. But it's quite a weird thing to be given that much information and I think that that's what people kind of look for I guess when baby arrives it's almost like you kind of want that level of information but it's not necessarily as exact as that I don't know does that make sense (laughs) it does it absolutely does you know you're hanging on to something during the pregnancy and it is nice to think that you can continue that Mm -hmm. but it's yeah, you, you can't because, you know, your baby isn't going to be where your pregnancy is quite scripted and standard, I suppose, in terms of development, your baby isn't necessarily going to be. So although you're putting in the details of your specific baby, it can't read personality and circumstances. So, you know, already yeah. there's going to be things that just aren't accurate. And I think we've spoken about this a wee bit as well. And I think it, it can also slightly stop you from from trying to get to know your, as you say, baby's personality, but also just looking and listening to your baby. Like that's your big thing, like stop, look, listen. Whereas if you have an app that's like, oh, baby's going to be grumpy and, you know, you wake up and perhaps they have woken up in a bad mood. You're like, oh, right, there we go. That's the leap that's happening right now. And they're going to be grumpy for the next 10 days game over (laughs) definitely and then people actually then adapt their behavior so where they might have ordinarily just had a five minute grump when they woke up because then the parents have gone into this sort of panicked bubble of oh my goodness we've now got 10 days of this they then start doing different things so they they change what they would normally do to sort of adapt to this leap or this grumpy period which might not actually be happening at all. So suddenly baby's getting carried around everywhere or, you know, they're not following routine again because they they don't think that they should be when they're having this grumpy few days. And so everything just changes. Just because we're obviously, we're talking about these things and I kind of, you know, obviously we talk a lot about routine and, and 
and uh, having the flexibility within that routine. But we also talk about that routine developing with your baby through that first year. And you do have quite um, set routines for the, the weeks, I guess, as you go on. Are those routines, when they kind of change, when they switch up, they, those are the changes, those are the milestones. So is there anything wrong with calling them regressions or leaps? Like, what is the difference? I guess I'm trying to ask because, you know, I know that you like routines and that they, you know, we, yeah. we, we would totally recommend specific kinds of uh, day plans for different ages of baby. So is that not the same thing? Yes, on the whole, it is the same thing. It's just trying to make it sound a little bit more positive. That's the thing. You know, you don't want to be saying to parents that they're going to hit this point and go backward, which is kind of what you're saying when you talk about regression. Whereas it actually, if you're saying, okay, you're going to hit this point and, or roughly this point and baby's going to need this and you're going to move forward and you're going to change because it's a positive change. It just makes it sound better in some ways and keeps people focused I think as well actually <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm thinking this out as we do this podcast but <laughs> they're actually really tiny tweaks that you make to the schedule largely yeah. you know that's what's good about having kind of schedules they grow with your baby and um, so they're wee tweaks but I think what quite often happens and I totally did this 100% is that something comes along like what you think is the four month sleep regression and you just throw everything out of the window because you're like none of it's working and it's like you go back to you feel like you go back to the beginning but you also totally go back to the drawing board and think like nothing is working rather than actually going do you know what it might just be that they need I don't know a bit more milk or a bit longer nap or whatever it is to get them through that period yeah definitely you know some of the tweaks when especially when you're looking at it sort of every three four weeks looking at a schedule some of the tweaks are so tiny that you don't even really have to put them in place because baby quite often will do it naturally themselves but then there might be a point like the four month or the six month period of time when actually there's quite a lot to change and think about and you do want to sort of start preparing for that a couple of weeks before they hit that age but again you know you're looking you're very very much looking at your baby and the their behavior to make those changes yeah they'll 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 tell you when they're going through them exactly so that brings us on to our third thing baby skills Basically, if you can see that your wee one is trying to learn new skills like rolling, trying to sit up, pulling themselves up, trying to crawl or stand, it's likely they're leveling up and that can cause changes to their needs and routine. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really good to try and help babies and children as much as possible during the day to develop the skills. Like I cannot tell you how often I'm telling parents pre six months to um, help babies roll over front to back, back to front, because all these things, this you know the skills that they're learning during the day transfer to their comfort at night, and obviously post six months babies will get themselves comfortable so if they are confident at rolling during the day then you're going to be confident with them rolling at night post six months and that's quite common that they will roll onto their tummy and start sleeping on their tummy so if you've practiced that then 
you're helping with the night's sleep. And then obviously, you know, skills like standing up, walking, crawling, they're all stimulation skills that are going to contribute to tiredness as well and enable them to actually settle for the right naps and sleep that they need. And it's funny because as your baby grows, particularly if you've got like a video monitor, you will be like astounded by how much they move around it. I bet like you'll be like they'll be in one corner then they'll end up in the other corner of the cot or you know if you are if they end up in your bed (laughs) how unpleasant that can be yeah I mean that's the thing I think for a lot of people you know they'll see these sort of periods overnight where baby is moving around a lot and they will just assume that they're going to wake up but actually they don't quite a lot of the time they are just having a wriggle they're resettling themselves and they're getting comfortable just like we do and it's totally fine to leave them to do that so teaching these skills during the day or, or kind of putting focus on them, like that can tire them out, right? Yeah, it can. It can also overstimulate them. So it's getting, again, getting that balance of, um, you know, you obviously want them to be learning these skills, but you don't want to overtire them by doing these things too much. Um, so they do still need their nap times. They still need to go to bed at the right time in the evening. And they will at times just need some quiet time during the day. So, you know, especially for a baby that's just starting to walk, sometimes they do just need to be put in a high chair during the day for a snack or just to play with something stationary just so that they are getting that downtime and they're not continually on their feet or trying to be on their feet and getting themselves overtired and overstimulated. So obviously we talk about these changes and milestones quite often. They can make babies crankier but really that's often because they are more tired from trying these things out whether that's during the day or at night so how do you kind of cope with that like do you, do you have to kind of put them to bed earlier or like you're saying put them in a high chair to give them some chill time yeah I mean there will be times where you do have to bring bedtime forward slightly and that's absolutely fine you know you've got that window of kind of 15 to 30 minutes where you can easily bring it forward and also with naps you know you might find that if baby has just completely overdone it in the morning then you do have to do an earlier lunch just to make sure that they do still get enough and then pop them into bed for their afternoon nap that little bit earlier so you know as with all our routines and schedules although we love a bit of consistency we do like to have a bit of flexibility within that we love sleep and we talk about sleep a lot because babies use that time and adults humans do use that time to process what they have learned during the day and that's so so important for babies when they're wee but if they're if they're using their wee brains even more does that end up meaning that they can need more milk overnight during a regression or a leap or a change or a milestone or whatever you want to call it No, so you want to be meeting those needs during the day. So there might be times during the day where, yes, you have to introduce either an extra milk feed or extra solids and really up the intake. But no, you you don't, if they haven't been, if they've fully stopped overnight feeding, you don't want to reintroduce it. And you certainly don't want to introduce extra night feeds at this time. You know, there will always be times during the day where you can pop things in to meet those needs. And, you know, it can be really quite a small amount as well. It might just be that they need one of their milk feeds increased slightly, especially if you're on bottles, you know, it's easy to do a sort of extra couple of ounces. If you're breastfeeding, you can pop in an extra feed, maybe sort of before lunch or before bath or something like that. So there's ways of kind of 
adapting your day routine to accommodate yeah but I think I think quite often and I would say this is definitely what happened for me that you hit these periods of change baby is more likely to wake up more because they're processing these things and feeding is often the way that is you find to to settle them more easily and that's when you then end up you know feeding them and then get into a bit of a loop of doing that and that's why I think well, that's I would say that's what happened for me. You, you know, hitting hit some issues around four months, and then by six months, you're totally exhausted because you've been up every hour. Because that's kind of where you end up going to following that change at four months, and then it just increases at six months. Absolutely. So, you know, that's when you really want to be listening to the episode on settling. So we've talked about baby getting new skills, but as I said at the start, it can feel like as a parent, you need them too. Like the times that you put them down for their nap and suddenly it can feel like their needs change. So how do you evolve to support your baby when it can feel a bit WTF, which is why we mentioned listening to the settling episode, but let's go into a wee bit of what might help now? Yeah, of course. So when your baby's going through the major developmental milestones, you are going to find that they need more intervention or more help at times. And, you know, that's what we've obviously been talking about, you know, going back to the dreaded sleep regressions, because it can feel like they're up, like you're up more again with your baby. So, you know, if you're going to be using the settling techniques and you want to be looking at, you know, obviously following the stop, listen, look, and then, you know, follow through from there. So, you know, you want to really be, when you first hear baby waking up, you know, just take your time before you go running in and, you know, think about the noises that they're making, see about their movements. As we've said, you know, as they start to um, develop during the day more physically, that physical development does follow through at night and they are a lot more regularly. So just be giving them that opportunity to calm down and settle themselves and then, you know, only go in and use the settling techniques when you're ready and when, you you know, babies showing the signs that they're not going to be able to get themselves back over on their own. So you go in and just give them a little bit of the assistance, which, you know, as we've talked about, that could be a little um, sugar or a wee bumper or a pat shush or any of those sort of, techniques that we've already told you about uh, I should probably jump in here uh, someone got in touch with us on social media to say what is a shugal I had no <laughs> idea this was a Scottish word so to explain a shugal is like a very gentle rock it's not a shake uh, as as the the sort of Scottish dictionary definition of it says you could shugal someone to sleep which is what we're suggesting but you couldn't shugal someone awake so it's not as it's not as strong as a shake but um yeah a gentle rock <laughs> shugal just covers it all <laughs> covers everything yeah and it is it's like a firm hand on so that baby feels that security and then just a little gentle rock shugal until they're at the point where they're drifting off again I would say it can feel quite important to practice some of those skills during nap time, really, when you and baby are hopefully less tired than overnight. And it then kind of sets a precedence for how you're going to respond at night. Because I think quite often, you know, you deal with naps during the day and then you get to night during these changes and you're like, oh, what do I do? But if you kind of have that foundation of doing things, like try not to stress too much about the night, try and work on naps and settling those settling techniques during naps and then you can take them on and and use them at night 
um, when you're when you and baby are more comfortable with them absolutely any clients that I'm helping I always suggest that we start at nap times because you know people have got more stamina they've got they're more alert they're more willing to sort of see things through to the end as well so um you know you get a lot more and that's just the parent <laughs> yeah you get a lot more opportunity to practice different things which then means that by the time you get to night time you're a little bit more confident and as you mentioned there's loads more about those settling skills in our episode on it so if you've not have a listen and finally it's all well and good to say regressions don't technically exist they're progressions and leaps do kind of exist but not at specific times and whilst both of those things are definitely positive it probably doesn't actually help you through. Your baby can still go through really unsettled times relating to milestones and that is hard on parents. I think it's why this idea of regressions has persisted so much. It kind of allows you to be like, well, this is shit. (laughs) So Sarah, can we chat through some of the best ways to cope? Yeah, I mean, my sort of favourite piece of advice here and it's probably the hardest piece to follow trying not to get anxious ahead of these things you know if you can be calm and retrain the way that you're approaching it then it's obviously going to be better for you and for baby you know babies respond to our feelings so much and so if you're already feeling sort of heaps of anxiety around this it's, it's going to make it harder for all of you to kind of get through this period um, and nobody wants that. So as hard as it is, stay calm, sort of try and reset your um, approach and then use your time during the day to really work through what could become an issue at night. So, you know, you're meeting the needs through the day, you're changing up your stimulation, you're changing the activities. You know, if you need to, if it's a time when naps are changing, then, you know, be aware that obviously nap nap times shorten, nap lengths shorten, timings change slightly, food increases. So everything that you're working on when babies are tiny, you're just working on that again as they approach these sort of developmental changes. It is a lot though. You can totally understand why having an app or or or, or an idea to hang on to feels like like something you might need because it is really it is really hard and I guess, you know, as always we say this, but it's important to know that if you're struggling, ask for help and know that we're here for you. <laughs> Every week we answer one of your questions about the topic that we're talking about. If you have a question, get in touch with us online on social media at The Sleep Mums on Facebook or on Instagram or you can find us on our website. This week we have a question from Craig. Hi Kat and Sarah. Firstly, I want to say how much I'm loving your podcast. I was hoping you could give me some advice on how to manage my partner's expectations on leaps as she's becoming uh, increasingly addicted to an app and every time a leap is approaching becomes very anxious and it's really starting to have a negative effect on us all. Thanks. Yeah, that is a really good question. And obviously we have just touched on it, but, you know, a lot of people can really sort of live their life by these approaching leaps and it can cause massive anxiety. So I suppose the the advice that we would give surrounding this would be support ahead of the next leap coming. So try and sort of 
you know, a good, maybe at the end of the one that you're going through just now, just when things are sort of in a calmer state, try and have a discussion about the benefits and negatives of the leaps. But, you know, it's a serious thing. Like the anxiety surrounding these leaps is really serious. And so you do want to be offering support. And if at that time that support comes in just, you know, extra cuddles, um, you cooking the dinner, just being there to say this is okay and we're going to come out the other side, then, you know, that's maybe all that she needs. And actually, until you're through the next period, then you're not going to avoid these sort of anxious periods. But it's important to talk about it and, you know, reflect on the previous one that you have survived and try and make the next one not quite as scary and daunting. And obviously, listen yeah, but to absolutely podcast. don't say to her, and by the way, Sarah says they don't really <laughs> Yeah, definitely don't say that. I think that's the thing as well. You know, we're saying it's really hard and you do need to find things that you can, that, that like crutches that feel that can help you through. But, and there does come a point sometimes where those crutches can become more negative than they are positive. I mean, you know, I'm jumping around a wee bit, but I have such a strong memory of being at a, a play group a baby group and uh with my daughter and coming up to her being four months and all anyone spoke about was this four month sleep regression and I don't think we'd actually really hit I mean to be honest it probably felt like I was in a regression for the entire first six months of her life but um I don't think that we hit it in quite the same way because I think as I say it always existed but I remember the anxiety of the group of us that were talking about this and the panic and the worry that people were saying, oh, and they've been up all night. And, you know, it was it was like, this is the sort of thing my dad would say, it was like the bongo drums of parenting, like, oh, yes, you know, the, the, the four-month sleep regression is coming. <laughs> and you feel anxious about it. And so there's a positive from it in terms of, like, people having shared experience, but also when you are already anxious or in a fragile state of mind, these things can make you feel more worried, I think, too. I, I'm being super waffly. I do apologize. <laughs> maybe, maybe I've got PTSD from the four months. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's because it's so talked about, you know, you're right. Everywhere you go, every group of parents that you chat to, that's one of the big topics of conversation. And again, that can kind of cause the anxiety before you've reached that point it can cause you to feel really anxious about it um, before it's even happened so as a partner and I think this probably goes for anything whether you're talking about a random app or any anything that you maybe don't necessarily agree with or find think is supportive of your partner it can be very hard to change that because you know I I remember that is massively where I dug my heels in I think with uh with Ollie because I was like you know if he tried to make any suggestions I was like no I know more about this I've done all the reading which is I think often the case so I think it's quite hard to try and take something away from someone who believes in it Mm -hmm. I mean we're making it sound quite (laughs) culty when really it's just something that's trying to help you understand your baby's behavior (laughs) yeah I mean I think uh, like we were saying you know it's important not to not to wade in and say, well, this doesn't exist or, you know, get over it because that's not going to happen. So, you know, be... Which is kind of what you've done. 
<laughs> be supportive and be diplomatic with your chat. Don't speak like me. <laughs> Just try and offer support in the best way that you can. I think what's quite valid to say, but also you don't know it until you've lived it, is that in that first year, if it's your first baby or you've maybe had a super easy first baby and it's a, a subsequent baby and you're having more difficulty, you it can be hard to know that it's not a phase. Like I think that is what the most anxiety increasing thing is, particularly around those big changes like we've spoken about. You kind of think, oh, my baby's broken and this is it and this is how life is going to look for indefinitely. And as you get a bit more experience or a ba- maybe baby just gets older, you just get a bit more accustomed to these kind of ups and downs and know that you do come out of them. And it is a cliche and it's one that used to really annoy me, <laughs> but it's true, is that this too will pass and, and they will, you, you will get out of it. But it, it used to annoy me because I was like, yeah, but that doesn't make it better right now, does it? <laughs> No, I think that's the thing. I think for a lot of people when they're in the thick of it, hearing people say, yeah, but it's going to pass, it actually doesn't help hearing that at all. It does just make you feel like you're so stuck in the middle and you can't see you can't see the wood for the trees. Um, but it's true. It will Sorry. pass. <laughs> yeah, and everything's annoying when you're sleep deprived, to be honest. <laughs> Especially your partner. <laughs> Craig, I hope that answers your question, um, that, that partners are mostly annoying. No, um, Craig, I hope that answers your question. I hope it helped um, to some extent and definitely maybe direct your wife to listen to this podcast if you think it would help. And if you want to ask us a listener question, as I said at the start, you know where to find us. So babies process the world when they sleep. It's why these so-called regressions and leaps are so often linked to disturbed sleep. And I guess probably why we talk about them so much. Our babies' wee brains are working overtime to make sense of their new skills and kind of like their parents. And this can mean that they have trouble switching off when they try and go to sleep. In many cases, it can mean they need more help getting back to sleep between cycles It can mean that they get overstimulated more quickly. So sleep times need to be looked at and brought forward or quiet times included into the day. These changes can last anything from like a couple of days to sometimes a few weeks, which is why it's important to remember that all babies are different, whatever you've heard at Playgroup. We hope to have given you some support to get you through them. We can't promise it will be easy. They can be really tough for parents and babies, but... What we can tell you is they won't last forever and you should get a break before the next one. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) If you'd like to say hello or bonjour, come and find us on our socials at The Sleep Mums on Instagram and Facebook and on our website. It would mean the world to us if you wrote us a review or shared what we do with your pals in the park or on your socials. We want to help all parents get more sleep. Look after yourselves and sleep soon.